Over 86,000 seniors and 8,000 employees across seven organizations make up the Abmir family of companies. This podcast is dedicated to getting to know some of these incredible people. I'm your host, Thomas Cloutier. Welcome to the People of Admir Pod. Hi, I'm Shaylin Miller, producer of the People of Avamir Pod and content and media specialist with the Avamir Marcom team. Today, I'm stepping in for our podcast host, Thomas Cloutier. This month, we're celebrating Native American Heritage Month, honoring significant contributions the indigenous people of the Americas made to the establishment and growth of the United States. Follow Avamir Health Services and Infinity Rehab on Facebook for educational resources and more in recognition of this observance. Today, we're getting to know Wendy Canaram, Occupational Therapist and Director of Rehab with Infinity Rehab. Wendy is an advocate for Alaska Natives in Anchorage, Alaska, and led a project in 2019 focused on cultural sensitivity and communication. Wendy has worked with Infinity Rehab for eight years and is LSVT Big and PWR certified in Parkinson's and Neuro Disorders. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me today and allowing me to share my experience. Yeah, happy to have you here. So... First, in honor of Native American Heritage Month, I want to talk a little bit about your presentation in the Leadership Academy a couple of years ago. So what inspired you to learn more about Native American culture and use that knowledge in your job? Yeah, I, I recognized um, that... Um, I was making mistakes in my initial presentation when working with um, our Native Alaskans. Um, I would rush into the room, as we often do as therapists, and kind of start right on in. I'm Wendy from OT. How are you doing today? I concentrate on ADLs and then, you know, start asking them about their home and and who they live with. Um, And I sometimes we'll just be left with silence um, or a family member might take me aside later and said, Oh, you know, you, you can't make eye contact with my mom. That's really disrespectful. Um, and, you know, I realized then that I had a problem that I, I, I wasn't aware enough of the Alaskan culture um, and how it was affecting my, my approach, my relationship with those residents. Wow, that's really eye-opening. So you joined a leadership academy and you graduated from this year-long program to build your leadership skills and to impact change. So you titled your project Running In Like a Bear and you kind of mentioned it there, you know, you would run run in and say, I'm Wendy from OT. So tell me the significance of this title, Running In Like a Bear. Yeah. So, you know, um, in preparing for today, I was talking to one of our residents who who is a native Alaskan and I mentioned the title and she started laughing and she said, oh, my gosh, that is exactly what you guys do. You just come kind of barging into a room um, and, you know, and kind of take over. Um, So that's where I I got the title is that we kind of run in like a bear, um, you know, not aware necessarily of, of um, our residents' culture and needs, and make that huge initial mistake. Um, so, so that was where um, I got the the title for my project. Going through the leadership academy process, one of our objectives is is um, identifying your core measures, your kind of what motivates um, you as a person. And for me, it was um, compassion and patience and resident dignity. And I really saw that I was at a crossroads, that I was not um, able to to meet those criteria, my own personal criteria. And that's kind of what set me off on this journey. Wow. Thank you for sharing. 
What surprised you the most during your project? You know, a lot of the cultural background that I that I wasn't um, really aware of, the history of how our Alaska Natives kind of got to where they are currently, um, and and I know a lot of a lot of what they experienced. Um, our Native Americans experienced in the lower 48 also um, being separated from families um, at a young age and relocated into um, these private schools, these boarding schools where they were kind of re-educated and their culture became taboo to them, where they weren't allowed to speak in their native language. They weren't allowed to appreciate their native music, their native dances without being punished. Um, And then returning to their community afterwards, sometimes spending a decade away from um, their family group and missing out on how how to be part of a central family, um, missing out on so much of of their culture or being told that their culture was wrong. Um, So um, that was um, startling to me. That was upsetting to me. But it also gave me um, more of an insight into why we see kind of what we see and how they have um, really made this huge effort to reconnect with family and their culture um, and to, to be able to celebrate that. That was... Um, surprising to me um, to learn that uh, that part of their history. Wow, thank you for sharing that. I mean, that certainly would be a shock to have to be away from your culture for so long and then trying to get you know back into that, connected to that. So wow, thank you for sharing. So you coordinated workshops with an expert. Uh, did. Who did you bring in and what topics were talked about? We brought in Melissa Castaneda. She is a project manager for the Alaska Native Tribal Council. We were excited to be able to have her in and, and share her knowledge. She did a series of three in-services for us. Um, one was on the history of Alaska. One was on the overview of um, Native cultures and then on communication techniques. So there's 22 um, major um, tribes here in Alaska. So 22 different languages. Now there's kind of like five to six kind of predominant um, groups. Um, And we see folks from kind of all over the state um, here in Anchorage, kind of the the, the hub, the medical hub. So she was really able to um, give us a lot of great communication techniques that kind of, that, you know, span across several of those different um, cultural backgrounds. They're generalized, some of them. Um, But that was a huge, huge help. She did, so she did three 45-minute in-services for our team and then left with us those materials. So we have those timelines, that historical background. Um, She left us information on best communication tips before COVID in our building, um, at least on a monthly basis, we had a native Alaskan luncheon that um, her group would would coordinate. Um, And other folks were definitely welcome to partake in it, but it was really focused on our Native Alaskans. And they would bring in um, Native foods. They would um, play Native music. Um, it was really a time for, for them to be able to connect with one another. Um, so that was how I was introduced to Melissa and was aware that she was able to kind of help us along our journey. 
That's amazing. And that's awesome to have those resources too, from her to, you know, look back on what impact have these classes made for your clinicians and patients? I'm so glad you asked. Um, you know, in preparation for this, I've been asking my my therapy staff, um, how has it affected them or has it affected the way they provide services? And unanimously, they said that it, that it was helpful, that they didn't much like myself, didn't realize mistakes that they were making um, and being able to allow our residents to be the storytellers that they are, to slow down our approach, um, to change our communication patterns um, have really, really helped them build these relationships with our residents and therefore, you know, um, help them progress towards their goals. And oftentimes being able to return um, a lot of these folks back to their native villages, bush communities, and and back to the greater um, Anchorage area. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. I remember during your Leadership Academy presentation, you talked about kind of some of the things that you changed, like, you know, instead of running and like a bear, you know, these different things that you did to help them feel more comfortable. So can you share some of those things that changed? What did you do to, you know, make them feel comfortable? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of one of the um, approaches is um, not making initial eye contact because that could be seen as threatening. Um, so sitting kind of side by side next to that resident changing the um, kind of the rate of my speech, slowing it down significantly, talking in um, a little bit of a softer pattern, but not a not a high pitched sing songy like you would to a child or even somebody who might have advanced dementia, but just a softer tone overall. Um, allowing them to contribute to the story um, by increasing my pause and waiting and waiting a little bit longer for them to be able to be part of the conversation, not over-talking when they're giving me a story, um, allowing that whole story to develop before I ask them questions regarding um, the information that they're presenting. Thank you for sharing. There's so much to medical care, you know, and, and to therapy. It's not just doing the job you were taught, you know, in school and in your experience, but it's also learning these different cultures and learning the person and the way that they like to receive care. And I think that's amazing. You know, it makes up also different and unique and personalized. Yeah. It has been quite the journey. (laughs) Yeah. So it's now been about two years since your leadership Academy graduation. Can you believe it? What progress have you and your team made in cultural sensitivity with Alaskan natives? Yeah, so um, we, we've made um, the, the information that Melissa shared with us part of our standard um, orientation. So, um, you know, when, when new therapists come in, um, I can share those materials, the brochure she left with us on communication techniques. Um, and so, you know, right from the beginning, we're able to make those relationships instead of making those missteps. Because often once you make that that mistake, you've lost their confidence. And, um, and that's hard to regain back if you can. So you're kind of starting off on the right foot and, and being able to provide that information to my therapist when they're, you know, first um, new to the building has been really beneficial. Great. Yeah. Those first impressions, they're so important. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing all about your work. I mean, it's absolutely incredible and the way that has helped your clinicians and ultimately your patients as well to have 
you know, a positive therapy experience. So I'd love to get to know a little bit more about you. So you're in Alaska now. Did you grow up there? I did not. So I'm originally um, from Western Pennsylvania, about 45 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. Um, it's an old steel town um, and um, much faster paced than Alaska. What inspired the move? That's a long way to move. Yeah. So um, I'm part of a, um, an army family. My husband recently retired. Um, that's given us the opportunity to um, kind of live all over the United States. Wow, that's incredible. Tell me more about your family's uh, military experience. I understand you have several family members in the military. I do. I do. So my husband recently retired after um, 30 plus years um, in the army. He was an infantry officer. Um, and, you know, that really um, instilled in, in our whole family that sense of service and giving back to the community. So my, my oldest child um, is a captain in the, in the army who was deployed three times to different combat areas. And his wife is an Apache pilot. As you grow up and, and firemen um, become, you know, their children become firemen. Um, or if you're a chef and your child becomes a chef, oftentimes if you're in the service, your children are attracted to the service. Um, and that would be true for, for both of my boys. My um, second child is in the National Guard here in Alaska, and he's also had to learn a lot of um, the cultural aspects. Um, and he also has been um, deployed. And then my daughter, um, even though she's not in the military, she also serves the community as a new graduate um, speech language pathologist. And uh, she also works in a SNF in North Carolina. And um, her significant other is a military police officer. So we, we kind of all have, um, you know, different, um, touching different parts of, of, of service and, and giving back to the community. That's amazing. Your kids are following in both you and your husband's footsteps, you know, in different ways. That's absolutely amazing. And Thank you to your family for their service. Thank you. What inspired your passion for occupational therapy? I had a friend in high school who was in um, a car accident and he was receiving occupational and physical therapy. And it just kind of became interesting to me. So um, in high school, we had a project where you had to follow different occupations. And uh, so occupational therapy was on my radar. And I just really caught kind of the passion for being able to help help somebody become more independent, um, really looking at their life through their occupations, their occupations of life. Um, and, and that was what sparked the interest for me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. What color best describes your personality? Yeah. So I was thinking about this. My favorite color is red, which is kind of fiery and passionate. Um, and I definitely see those things in me, but I think I'm more of a blue, um, more kind of go with the flow, more calm, try to be more patient. <laughs> so kind of a combination of my favorite color, but probably the color that truly represents me, I think is blue. Oh, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Hey, I'm wearing blue today. <laughs> and you're wearing kind of like a red color. So <laughs> all right. Are you a dog person or a cat person? And why? Why choose? Um, we've had dogs and cats, you know, as family pets. Um, I, I probably right now lean more to a cat because, you know, their attitude is just wonderful. They kind of let you know that you live in their world and in their home. 
<laughs> as opposed to they live with you. Um, so I think right now, probably a little bit more of a cat person. Yeah, and a cat definitely fits with red too, you know, <laughs> very like, I am the leader of this house. <laughs> Love it. Um, what is your favorite place you've traveled and why? And, you know, being in the army, you know, you've lived all over. So what, what is your yeah. favorite place? Oh, when I was talking to my husband about this, he named a half a dozen places that, you know, um, were just incredibly beautiful and exciting to be, but I'm going to pick someplace um, more recent. So, um, Cooper landing here in Alaska is, uh, an incredible uh, place to visit. It's in the mountains. Um, there's a, a famous, um, fishing, uh, spot there called the Russian River. And when you're on the Russian River fly fishing, it looks like a um, a Disney movie where there are eagles soaring and, and um, catching fish from, from the river. Um, we often see um, bears there in the river floating on their back with their cubs. Um, it, it, the the land is beautiful. Um, it, it is just someplace I, I, I'm not even doing justice describing. So one of my favorite places is Cooper Landing. That sounds like right out of a storybook. Like yes. the bears with their cubs on their bellies. Oh my gosh. That yeah. sounds so precious. So here's a question that we ask at the end of every podcast episode. Our company is made of several healthcare and senior living organizations where we consider our team members, patients, and residents family. What does family mean to you? So I think I have four families. The family I was born into. Um, my grandparents are um, immigrants from Italy. So I'm a second generation Italian American, and their their sense of pride in their adopted country. And then I my my nuclear family, my husband and my children, and their sense of service. Definitely my army family at large. Right, the my brothers and sisters that have served along my husband and myself, um, and all the the good things that that we've. Shared but also the tragedies. And then, um, as you were alluding to, my rehab family, my Infinity and Avamir family, um, who I normally spend more time with during the week than I do my nuclear family. Um, those, those therapists that we depend upon one another for mentorship and coaching um, and best ideas. Um, I, I'm really fortunate to be part of, of this current team. I absolutely adore the people that I work with. And um, so I, I'm just a, a very fortunate to have four families that I consider a part of my life. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing, Wendy. And thank you for opening up about your experience with your project and exploring cultural sensitivity in Alaska and, you know, more about you. So it was such a joy to have you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to the People of Amir Pod. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and follow Amir Health Services on Facebook to keep listening in. 